Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith, while build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, we've got a very special guest on the show today, and he says, the helping hands of God will always hold my hands steady. Joining me on today's show is John King. John is a four-time entrepreneur, he's a husband, father of four, an avid bow hunter, and a mentoring 30-year veteran of fabricating, welding, iconic public figure. Now, he's the founder and owner of JK Welding and owner of Trails Westgate Company. Now, he birthed JK Welding out of his garage, building cowboy furniture, and he has grown it into a multi-million dollar company. Now, he has a heart and a passion for inspiring the young and embracing veterans, and he's mentored thousands of teens, and he still does, at high school and community, and he has speaking engagements throughout the entire U.S. and is the first to jump on the opportunity to lead others and to share his story. Now, we have the privilege to hear John share on today's show how it's important to always be respectful Helping others is and has always been a key factor in success, as well as always give chances to those in need, but know that there are limitations. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are so very welcome. So I always um, have started the show off by just encouraging or asking our guests to share a little bit of their story and journey, which, as we said in the introduction, you you enjoy doing. You like to lead others and share your story as well. So uh, share a little bit more about your work and how you got into what you're doing today. Well, I started out as a welder in 1990. Um, now I'm showing my age to you. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I've always uh, had a knack and uh, always had a hand, a steady hand, for welding and fabrication, designing, being creative. But uh, throughout the years, I started a company in my garage, like you said, 15 years ago. I employ quite a bit of employees now. Uh, we lead the industry in, in the upper scale of welding and fabrication. Along with that, um, a lot of uh, youngsters and young adults uh, look upon me as a mentor and uh, as a, a person that can inspire them and guide them in the, in the right way, in the right directions at times. And I'm happy to do that and have become very seasoned and accustomed to doing that. And uh, I'm just very delighted uh, to do it as well. That's pretty much it in, in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. It's it's wonderful, especially, you know, when, when you're really skilled and gifted in a certain area, which for you obviously is in the area of welding, you're able to not only produce products, services for some people who might be more, you know, in, in the service arena, but you're also able to mentor and support others as, as well. And, and also uh, embracing veterans. Was that because you've had some experience there or it's just an area you know obviously people that you enjoy supporting as well what was the background in that it's two aspects of that and the first one is the fact that when I was 26 years old and one of the welding jobs that I my main welding job at at a major manufacturing company I was the first welder they had hired in 32 years so the guys I was working with uh the youngest one was 56 and uh, guys range from 56 up to 70 years old. So 
Um, you know, the, the guys uh, always to, uh, seem to take the time to show me the older ways, the old school ways of doing things. And there's really, there's no better way in, in my heart and my mind of coming up as a fabricator and a welder to learn those type of ways, you know. But there's also another aspect of, of looking at that is even outside of welding, um, uh, I've been, I've had the opportunity to embrace and help out the elderly, the veterans, uh, the the older uh, couples and people in my life uh, that I've seen that needed help. And that's what I call embracing them, you know, um, helps me uh, have a better day and it helps get along. I, I've been a person that's been so blessed by the grace of God that I've been able to help others in, in so many ways that it just, it's a great feeling. What I love about what you're sharing there is that obviously you you began in, in a company as the youngest person. You said the, the, the previous youngest person was 56 and the, the oldest was 70. And how often in workplaces when we're working with people who are older than us, sometimes the young, I mean, I'm not so young anymore, but we can take for granted the knowledge and learnings that we can glean from those who have gone before us and nurtured. I mean, that can just accelerate your progress. It it can. However, it it wasn't always easy because I wasn't very welcomed by everyone. (laughs) I was stepping on the turf of these guys' home, you know, they'd been there for 30 years. So I was welcomed by most, but not by all. But you know what? We got through that. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's interesting you should say that because there are workplaces that have multi-generations. What were some of the biggest insights that you can share? So maybe from a young person, what would have been something that had been really helpful for some of the older generation? And, uh, you know, maybe from now being a little bit older yourself and being able to mentor the young, what insights can you share from them so that there's more harmony and working together in in a workplace that might have multi-generations? What insights can you share? Well, that's a good question. And uh, I, I say to you, as I've said to hundreds and thousands of kids, as I attend a lot of welding conventions and a lot of welding events throughout the United States, uh, I tell everyone, uh, especially the, the young, but uh, the middle aged and the veterans as well, you're never too old uh, to, to learn anything, but especially for the young, uh, inspire others, help others when you can, be respectful um, and be creative. If you can be creative, uh, and being respectful, uh, I mean, you'll get that. That goes a long ways in life, and it goes a lot further than than showing how uh, other other attributes about yourself. Just being respectful and and being on time and and being creative gets you a long ways in life. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of the things that I've come to learn, and uh, a number of other people that I've spoken to as well, is that often you know that saying, uh, common sense will prevail. Oh, yeah. We realise common sense is not so common. However, a common sense for someone, it may not mean common sense in someone else's world. So why I'm saying this is let's define what does being respectful mean to you? What are some of those things so that we can share and so that everyone can get on the same page? Because I hear, and I, you know, with all due respect, that some youth, you said being on time, now, some youth may not realise that when we start at eight, we start at eight, not five past eight, but at eight. So what are some things that you say is so important when it comes to being respectful? Well, I see it in the same eyes as many of my people that work for me now as they've learned throughout the years and seen what's 
become very important. A lot of things that come along those lines of uh, expectations are being on time. And I don't mean we don't start at seven o'clock. We start at six o'clock in the mornings, for instance. We expect you here 10 minutes till. Don't come rolling in at six o'clock on the dot, running to the clock. You know, that's not how we do things here, you know. So playing well with others is a famous saying that I have. It's kind of elementary verse, you know. Uh, but playing well with, uh, with others is uh, a simple way of uh, indicating the fact of you need to help out a fellow employee, a, a fellow man, you know. Um, lend a helping hand when don't have to be asked don't be don't be have to be asked to uh, lend a helping hand you should see and recognize the fact that someone's struggling if there's a problem hey jump in and help out you know those are some of the great things that we look for in people and in fact here at jk wilden we really don't even hire based upon the resume the ink that's printed on paper um a lot has to do with a handshake and a person-to-person meeting to, to get a feel for someone's respectfulness and their tone, making sure, I mean, the first thing we look at is making sure they showed up to the interview on time. Uh, I've had many people show up late and most of the time, sorry, if you're late, we don't want to take the, I won't even take the interview, you know? So. Yeah, that's going to showcase kind of absolutely um, for an interview. What are you going to be late for? You know, absolutely. if you I, I don't put up with it. I need to do my people. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, um, to build a successful business, and now as we mentioned, um, and you did too, that you've got you know team that really support you to build a culture. And, uh, you know, obviously it sounds like you build a culture where even your team expects being on time, expects, you know, a level of, of respect, helping hand and things like that. Was that something that you, when you started JK Welding, you set that intention or is that something that you, you, you kind of developed and brought into place as the business grew kind of, you know, instituting, look, these are the, these are the rules or, or these are the, you know, the, the things that like respect and, and being, you know, these kind of things and how you expect people to show up in the workplace. Is that something that you started off with from scratch or something that just came as the business grew? Well, that's a great question, Anne-Marie, but um, besides the fact of me writing my own company employee handbook, policy book, uh, that's always been edged in stone since the very beginning. I was like that for myself before I even started the business. So, um, you know, I can't expect anything less of anyone else than I expected myself, just like in the same aspects that I wouldn't expect to ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do, you know? So um, that's always been edged to me. I'm kind of OCD. So, you know, if I'm going to employ someone, I expect you here on time. And it, that was just always expected and everybody knew it. I didn't have to say it. Everybody knew it yeah. for the stamina of my uh, approach of way, the way I am with people and the, my expectations. Everyone knew how knew what those were. And, and of course, you're, you started off uh, working in your garage, as we said, and you, you were building cowboy furniture and, and yeah. now it's of course, it's grown into a multi-million dollar company. I mean, you say you're OCD, but one of the things that you also mentioned was, you know, putting together procedures and policies and things like that. But yes. procedures, I mean, if you bring on staff, and one of the things that I know to be true through having done many, many interviews, one of the things that a leader can do that would disempower their team is to hire someone and not have the step-by-step, -step, the requirements, the expectations, how to do something 
And so I would imagine that one of the keys to your success and in onboarding team and, and having them deliver, you know, obviously furniture to the expectations of your customers and what you expect is to have these good policies and procedures in place, yes? Yes, but don't be an outcast and don't make me have to or anyone else here have to tell you that you have to be here on time. It's known in the world that you have to be on time. That's why we have appointments, you know? That's why we have schedules to meet. So, yes, I am OCD, but we have to put policies in the fact that as a company was growing, that I can't maintain it for everyone. So we put it in writing, just like any other company, a zero growing company. So, hey, you have, you have an understanding. You've read this book. These are the rules. These are regulations. You must abide by them. Otherwise, you hit the gate. You're gone. You know, it's real simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, the fact of often if there's uh, yeah un, unknown things, it's not in black and white. It's very hard to reinforce those as uh, a leader in a business too. Something that you've hinted to, and I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into it because I know this is important for you too. You say helping others is and always been a key factor in success. You mentioned, you know, if someone in your team, you can see them struggling, ask them, can I support you? Is there something that I can do for you? Uh, What other areas uh, do you encourage maybe your team or maybe you as the leader in helping others and you've really seen that this is a key to success? Well, having adequate um, uh, manpower is important, you know. Uh, The guys don't mind getting set back in projects a little bit to help create over time so the guys uh, feel the importance of themselves here. But, you know, the most importantly besides that manpower is uh, having the right tools for the right job. I'm a firm believer in that. Anybody that's ever worked for me knows that, that uh, we definitely have always had plenty of tools and equipment on hand. And the ones we do have, they are top of the line. Yeah. So those are the two key factors is manpower and, then of course, skilled manpower and the right tools. So true. I mean, how often do you hear of businesses that might have tools or computer systems, whatever that they need to use, that are starting to wear out and, oh, we'll get to that later. The cost. Yeah. Not here. Not here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Has that always been something? Speak a bit about that because I know organizers that will just do that the next budget. But obviously, by the sounds of it, you always have the best quality you know, top performing. And that obviously by the sounds of it has really helped your team. Yeah. Most of our, most or all of our equipment is new or is um, newly kept, you know, we take care of it. So that's another aspect along, you know, down the list of 15 or 20, you know, if you don't respect the equipment and the tools that we have, uh, which is top of the line, then you're out the gate on that too. So yeah, we've always believed that I've always believed in having the best tools you can buy and having, plenty of them and the right ones for everyone because it's going to do nothing but help make you money and help progress through the uh, project even more. And uh, believe it or not, there's, there's a lot of uh, personnel that work here. And that is one of the reasons why they like working here is because they got tired of dealing with junk at other companies and they know what we have here. Yeah. So you said that you've got a, a, it's one of one and two of the list of, of, of uh, aspects, requirements. Share what a few of the other requirements are, because I'm sure that no matter what industry or business that we are in, the principles that you have as part of your business can be used in, in our business as well. So we have to have top, top working, top quality equipment. Be on time, be respectful, be helpful. What are some other things that are so important for you in your workplace? Well, I just have a personnel that has a skill level understanding the job itself, you know. 
Um, besides the other things that we mentioned, you know, as far as being on time and, uh, you know, you got to be respectful as, as well. I know we mentioned that, but that's a big key factor for, for everyone here at J.K. Weldon and Trails Westgate Company is being on time, being respectful, uh, being creative, too. You know, um, we at times the projects that we take on are just not like cookie cutter projects by no means. They are very intricate they're very detailed. Uh, it takes a lot of creativity. There's not always an engineer here to tell you exactly how you're supposed to do this. You've got to be creative. And so those are those are good uh, points that we look for in, in someone uh, to be employed here that make us successful. Uh, and a, fine, a fine example is that you see the wind chime. That's the world's largest wind chime that's in Austin, Texas. And of course, you see me on the front cover here. Uh, this is the latest episode, uh, I'm sorry, edition of the Welder Magazine. So you see the creativeness of this wind chime. That's just an example of some of the jobs that we've done, you know, that you, not just any guy or any welder can, you know, have the capabilities of doing such a project, you know. Wow. And, and it's interesting. I'm glad you showed that picture because it, as I was going to ask you the question, uh, I was going to say, you know, because you mentioned the word creativity and I, I'd imagine that, you know, your team, and let me ask you this question, is something that you feel is really important too is to, to upskill, to allow your team to develop their abilities so that they can creatively design and and fabricate uh, you know the the picture that you've just said obviously that that chime is that something that's important to you and your business as well it is it is important to me and we've had a lot of employees here that uh, come and don't exactly fulfill the entire skill set but as i mentioned before the most important attributes about people we look for is respectfulness and being on time playing well with others and then if you only have half the skill set that we want you to that's okay because you're going to go out in the shop and learn from the senior guys the rest of that skill set and become more of value and to get to work at a great place that's really clean has great equipment great personnel great tools and being the upper pay scale of a fabrication shop, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. You see, you know, always give chances to those in needs, but know there are limitations. What do you mean by that? Share a little bit more here. As far as limitations to what, Emory? Well, it says always give chances to those in needs, but know well, there are limitations. Yeah. Well, always give chances to those are in need, um, but they've got to fulfill a position here that's need to be fulfilled as far as we're looking for certain aspects of people uh, to help fulfill. So it's a two-way street. It's a gamble for the employee to come work here, but it's also just as much of a gamble as me as an entrepreneur looking at this. It's just as much of a gamble for me to employ you because if you come in my business and don't do uh, well or, or you make something wrong, it's not coming out of your check. It's coming out of mine, you know? So th those are the great things that we look for employees is, is those type of aspects. Yeah. What I loved about what you said earlier around, really it was around attitude, wasn't it? You have attitude and aptitude. The aptitude can be taught and nurtured and, and yes. refined through ongoing practice and learning and applying what, what it is that you've learned. But I'd imagine that you've had the experience too. It's very hard to change someone's attitude 
unless they're willing to change. But if they have the right attitude and they are friendly and they're always willing to help and that you can really see them trying and and, and upskilling and learning and developing, as a business owner, as a leader, you're willing then to give a bit of space, aren't you, and a bit of grace so that they can develop. Is that true? Is that something that you've, you've uh, found in the workplace as well? For those with the right attitude. You know, you, you search for the right attitude and you hope every po- employee you hire that has the right attitude. Uh, we've hired a lot that have it. I've been through thousands of men. I'm not going to lie. Thousands. Uh, in the first, especially the first 10 years. So last five years, we've kind of weeded through them all and got the right ones, we felt like, you know. But we still have one that comes through every now and then has an attitude problem or something. We have to straighten things out. And it probably helps a lot with the fact that, I, from what I hear, that uh, if there is a problem and I walk out in the shop, it's usually resolved or not spoken about. As I, you don't know that I'm six foot eight and three hundred pounds, so my presence has a lot to do with uh, when I walk out the shop. And they're like. No, boss, we ain't got a problem. <laughs> so, um, what what kind of plan? I mean, what I mean, you showed a um, beautiful uh, wind chime there. Tell us about some of the things that you fabricated. That uh, some of the project that you've just, you know, as a company and as the owner of the business, we're really, you know, thrilled to have been had an opportunity to work on. Got any that come to mind? There's plenty that come to mind. We've done a lot of special projects throughout the years. One that is dear, really dear to my heart, and. Uh, that was probably most emotional and most touching that I've ever done is the open cross. Uh, I designed uh, and built, my guys built a very large cross for a church here in Katy, Texas, near Cyprus, where J.K. Wilding is located. Uh, this cross is about, it's 45 feet tall and it weighs about 35,000 pounds. And that's actually... Uh, a photo of it right there so yeah that was uh, a very special project we were uh, we were able to do the project three times under the budget of the previous company that was uh, bidding to do the job the pastor asked me if we could help out we did we did the job it was really touching uh, it touched a lot of people and it's touching a lot of people still today and it will for a very long time yeah, yeah. But uh, there's actually some videos of it on YouTube. You want to check out J.K. Wilding's uh, cross or patina cross. Check that out. Uh, it's a really emotional, very touching videos. Uh, everyone I show it to ends up crying. I'm sorry, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. it's touching. It's amazing. You know, one of the things that I love to do, and I think that's probably why I love uh, podcasting, because I get to interview awesome business owners such as yourself and, you know, learning their craft is watching people do their craft, getting behind the scenes and and stuff like that. In the area, and please excuse my ignorance for this, but in the area of welding, are there, um, I'd imagine that there's always, you're looking for new ways, new techniques, new ways that you can do things better and but you know, things become more pliable. What kind of innovations uh, have there been in, in that industry or do you see perhaps for the industry in the area of welding? Anything that, that uh, kind of comes to mind? Well, they're always advancing the type of welding equipment that's always coming out and also the advancing the speed and the uh, cleanliness and the software on CNC plasma cutters. 
Our CNC plasma cutter is just a flat table with a machine that runs on it that follows a design. It cuts out all the artwork like you see like deer heads and, you know, cattle and longhorns and cuts out people's names and stuff like that. So that's always advancing all the time. We actually have a machine here that's a couple years old. It does well, but I know it's things have advanced a lot since then. And then those are the type of things. You know, the other things that don't advance, you know, that really that much are grinders. You know, your simple hand tools, they're just... There's not much changing of those, but there are some other things that uh, in the industry that are really beneficial. And the one thing that's most beneficial to us in the last year or two is uh, some beveling machines. This is actually a handheld machine that you actually hold in your hand, and it actually puts a well-prepped bevel on the end of a pipe for us within like 40 seconds. In comparison of... If we used to do it the way we did it before with a torch, we just kind of rough cut it and then grind it, you know, it probably took about eight to 10 minutes. So we went from eight to 10 minutes down to about 40 seconds. And it's actually a machine finished and it gives the welders a really nice uh, metal finish to, to weld to. So that, that's about most advanced technology equipment that I can tell you about. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that, the person who designed that piece of equipment, was he a welder? Did he come from the welding industry? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know uh, if the actual individual was a welder. Um, maybe they were. I don't know. It might have been an engineer. I don't really know. Been, you know, doing that for 45 minutes. It doesn't matter to me because yeah. I like the machine so much. I bought three of them, you know? <laughs> I mean, do you ever look back? Because, uh, you know, my my husband is it is a carpenter by trade now he's oh, yeah. the foreman but you know when i look back and he'll he's oh that's you know the tongue and groove and all of that yeah the way that you know people were doing things you know decades ago centuries ago in 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 different crafts to what they're doing what we're doing now and the tools and technologies that we have available we kind of ever wonder if we were to go back in the past and show this equipment to some of the welders who were doing it from years ago would they say man what's what's possible they would they would they say it now because you have to remember Emery, that when i when i was at 26 i'm at four, i'm 49 now okay so that was 23 years ago. So 23 years ago, when I hired in and the youngest guy was 56, those guys have been caught in such a, a, a world of uh, welding from way back when. Uh, they had not advanced their equipment or their tools very much at all. So 23 years ago, we're talking 1996. When I started there, I actually felt like I was probably in 19. 76 because <laughs> the guys that worked there for so long, have been in the museum <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was in a museum but the, the, no one had advanced their equipment they just kind of rolled on with every day after day after day with the same old stuff and just got accustomed to it and get used to it and, and for an example you know when they have welding hoods now and they've had them for a very long time you can put a welding hood on mm -hmm. and it, when when you strike an arc it it, it darkens automatically they, they call these automatic hoods okay when you're not welding you can see through it it's actually like a clear glass when i worked with these older guys i bought an automatic hood their hoods, when you look through it, it's dark all the time. You can't see this, not clear, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it allows you to grind when you're not welding and have a clear lens to protect your eyes. But yet when you weld, it'll darken automatically. It's battery operated. So when I went to work and I brought one of these welding hoods, they're like, hey, what is that? 
I'm like, it's an automatic hood. They're like, we never seen one of them. I'm like, yeah. So they were fascinated, but yet they were sticking to their old school. Within about three to four months, everybody had one. Yeah, they were like, man, this is the best thing since chocolate milk. <laughs> I love that. that. I mean, I've known some of those hoods, obviously, from yesteryear, and I'm thinking, how can anyone see through that when they're not welding? But yeah. now they've an automatic one. It's yeah. clear. It's clear, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah, it's so important, all of the things that you mentioned. How can people find out more about you? You, you mentioned that uh, the beautiful fabrication of the beautiful cross that you made is is uh, on, on YouTube. Are there other are there other projects that you've worked on uh, as part of a team that you've also showcased? Yes, many projects, many projects. One of the Some of the one of many bigger projects we're known for, I'm known for in the industry, uh, Royal Caribbean came to me and uh, Tiny Town Studios came to me as well. And they wanted a 100-foot pirate ship built. They All, all they did was give us an artist rendering. There was no blueprints, no drawings. We had to de actually design and, and build a 100-foot-long pirate ship. It was for kids for a water park, and it was going into the Bahamas on a private island. So we took on the project and uh, we built it over a four month period and uh, the, we shipped it to the Bahamas and the guys at uh, Tiny Town Studios put it together and it was really magnificent. It was. You can go to our website at uh, jkwelding.net and see all the top projects on our homepage on a slideshow. You can go to our Facebook, you can go to our Instagram, uh, you can go all over, you know, LinkedIn. So. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I, as I said, I love hearing how people do their their work and their craft, and and uh, obviously you've you you and your team have been involved in some incredible projects, and we can actually see the fabrication and how all of those are put together by going to to the website. There, one of the things that I do for all of my guests at, as we finish uh, the show, John, is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that uh, today for you? Absolutely, as well? yes. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak uh, with John today to find out uh, about his uh, his passion in the area of welding, how he's developed this very successful business and how he confirmed that uh, it is all to your glory, Lord, and, uh, and that each and every day that uh, he brings his best and encourages his team to do that as well. Father, we can learn so much um, insights uh, from just how he um, has developed his work and, and business too. Father, we just ask for your continued blessing on uh, his clients that he works with, with his team and the people that he gets to impact. Uh, Lord, Father, we we are in a very different world at the moment, you know, with so, such uncertainty, And uh, but we know that there's always certainty in you and so we ask for your continued blessings as well. Father, we just pray this in, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. All the very best with your business. Love to, love to connect with you, find out more about your work and, as I said, continued blessings in, in all the projects that, that you are doing. Thank you for having me on the show. Check out the Facebook page. Do the Instagram as well. We do giveaways every week, free stuff, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the uh, hopefully for the younger adult uh, teenagers. Uh, check out LinkedIn and the YouTube channels. But thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. It was really a great pleasure uh, having spent some time with you, okay? Uh, you too. All right. All the best, John. Bye All for right. Now. Take care.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.